All right, so if you have your short sheet, we're going to talk today about what you have to talk about when you talk about Parsha Kitisa. I mean, you don't have to, but we haven't talked about actual tomatoes. We haven't spoken about Parsha Kitisa in a long time, apparently, as a group. So um, it's appropriate to talk about the breaking of the Chayta Egel. I want to talk today, actually, less about the Chayta Egel and more about Moshe's response. Moshe's response to the Chayta Egel, the smashing of the Luchos, which we take for granted, um, but is really an astonishing act, right? It's just wild um, that this is what he decides to do in response to the Chet Egel. So um, I want to talk about um, why he does it, what led him to believe that this is a good idea. Did he have permission to do this? Like, how, how did that? Like, how did God think it was a good idea? Um, after all, God gave it to him. Gave it to him the luchos. So, so what's going on here? So let's just take a look at the Pesukim, uh, source number one. Source number one, Shmos, Perak, Lamed, Beis, Ba'luchos, Ma'aseh, Lokim, Heima, the Luchos were made by God, right? Ba'mechtav, Mechtav, Lokim, Hu, and not only did God make the Luchos, He actually wrote the words. Charus al-Haluchos, he, gra- he engraved them into the Luchos. We're told by Chazal that the Luchos actually were engraved all the way through. And there was a nace that you could actually see the words the same on both sides. So they should be backwards, right? If you're all the way through, they should be backwards. And there's a, if you'd flip them, it was like a, like a uh, I don't know, a cool thing. You could see both ways. Fine. It's charus. It was all the way engraved all the way through. Fine. So, Vayishma Yeshua is kol ha'am, bireo. And this is at the end. Moshe's already been up in the mountain for 40 days, right? And now, so, so Hashem gives Moshe the luchos. And um, Moshe Yoshua here is Kola Amber. Oh, there's something. There's a lot of going. Something going on down down in the camp. Vayomer al Moshe kol melchama b'machanet. There's some type of war going on down in the camp. Vayomer ain kol anos kfura, vein kol anos chalusha, kol anos anochi shomer. It's not people getting all worked up for something good or bad or dangerous or whatever. It's just people being worked up, and we'll see why in a second, right? Vayihik hashem karav al machanet. And this is by the way. Moshe Rabbeinu just reminds us of the story. Hashem tells Moshe, while he's on Har Sinai, Hashem says, I'm telling you now, Kishi Samcha, they, they, they messed up. And he tells him that they've made an Egel. And then Moshe already davens for them at that point. It is before he even goes down. So he goes down, he knows exactly what he's going to see. There's no question that he knows already. He, God told him he's prepared, or maybe not emotionally prepared, but he's prepared to see what the people are doing down there. So he goes down. He goes down and he sees the, the he sees the egel and he sees the the dancing, the the revelry. Moshe Moshe becomes extraordinarily angry. And he I have to be careful how you translate these words, right? He he they say he casts down the tablet, right? But he 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 lets them go. He throws them down. And he allows them to, to break. But then it says, Vayishaber osam tachasahar. So Vayishaber is a language of, and he smashed. Right? He does it, it sounds like forcefully, that he, that he smashes the luchos at the base of the mountain. And he, then he does something even more dramatic. He actually takes the, the egel, he melts it down, he burns it up, and he makes the people drink the ego, like a sota, right? He makes them drink the ego. It's a very, again, another very like astonishing 
move. Again, we don't find that Hashem commands him to do that, um, but he does it seemingly on his own. Or maybe Hashem commanded him, we don't know about it. Fine. But this is Moshe's response, and it is, it, it is extraordinary. And it, but, it, but it leads the Rishonim to be very concerned. Like, what, how did he know how to do that? What, why did he choose this approach? Why didn't he just put the Luchos down and get up and scream at the people and give them Musr and make them do Tshuva? And then you'll still have the, the Luchos. The Luchos are, after all, Masel Hema. God made them. Why, why this decision to smash them? So, that's, what do you think? Before we see the Rishonim, what would you say? Last time I did way too much talking, that was clear. So today I'm going to do a lot less. What do you think? What would you say? What would be your chat? I would think he was just like, you don't deserve this. Look at, ah. you know, you don't deserve this and just destroy it. Okay, so, so Liz, you're saying it was, it was, so it's not like a educational tactic. It's not a uh, Musser move. It's a, you actually don't deserve these. He thinks it doesn't, it doesn't make sense anymore. So he destroys them. It seems that way. Okay. Okay, good. Anybody else? Maybe, I don't know. There's this aspect of temporary versus permanent. Like, I mean, from what I understand, it's not that they were throwing Hashem away. They were throwing Moshe, like, well, if he's not here, he's not here. Um, So let's have somebody else as a leader. But what he's saying is, even if the Luchos aren't here, even if none of it's here... It's still here, and, and there has to be some, like, you signed up for this. What do you think you signed up for? Did you sign up for, like, sorry, work's over, you get to go home? Like, there's that, I don't know, just a thought. Okay, good. No, I like that. We're going to see something similar in, the, in, a, in a second. All right, so let's see. Let's take, yeah. Like, you know, if they need to create an image to, to like, revere as something holy, as something to pray to, something... Then he didn't want the Lukos ah. to be there as another object of admiration. The same exact thing. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. We're going to see the Meshach HaKamim say, say something very similar. Yes. Absolutely. Take a look at the Rashbam. The Rashbam is usually, um, right, the Pashtan. He's usually trying to get us like simple, simple Pshat in the Pasuk. So look at the Rashbam says in source number two. He, 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 they fall out of his hands. When he saw the Egel, he became weak. And he didn't have strength. He became like, he was going to like pass out. He was so emotionally distraught from what he saw. What's the Rashbam's problem? It says, right? They fell out of his hands. But then it says, He smashed them. So if he's just getting very weak, why does he smash them? So, so he says, how, how did they just fall out of his hands? Well, he was so weak. He was so, just so you know, upset about what was happening that he, that he uh, you know, let go in a certain sense. But then he had, but then he was, what was going to happen? He says, They're going to fall on his feet. You're going to fall on his toes. What did he do? He quickly threw them away. So they wouldn't fall on his feet. So really it wasn't, it, it was like a, he just got weak and they, they fell. So why does the Torah say, Vayishabrem, that he smashed them? It wasn't they really smashed them. He just, he smashed them because he wanted to make sure he didn't hurt himself. 
But there are komash shichem asui kishayim bahem koach lasi. It's like any person who's holding something they can't hold on to anymore. You, you like, like you like throw it off a little bit, right? Because you can't hold it anymore. V'chein ra'iti b'parak b'prakim shul Rabbi Lezer. I think he means pikit Rabbi Lezer. V'ikir b'shutokah. And this is the simple pshat, which is again it works in terms of the words, which is always Rashbam's job. But it does it. Ah, yeah, Rona, why not? Well, a, co- a couple things. Because one, the Shoresh for Shalach by Islam, that's an active, that's an active word. That's not like Nafal, it fell out of his hand. No, but Vayashlech Miyadav is yeah. more like a, like they, they get, it's a good question, by the way, what's the, is the Shoresh there? Shin Lamed Chaf, it's not Shin Lamed Ches. So Shin Lamed Chaf, doesn't mean the same thing as to send. Can someone check it up quickly? Can someone Google it? Was sh- sh- Shin Lam Al-Khaf? Was the Shoresh Shin Lam Al-Khaf? Does somebody know? I think that's the Shoresh for send. To send? But Shin Lam Al-Khaf is Shalach. Like, to send something. Oh. Yeah, but Tashlich is the same. Right? Oh, it's also to send. You're right. It's to, uh, yeah, sorry. Shalach is to send, like a messenger. Shalach with a Khaf is to cast away. Like, to... Okay. To get rid of, right? Very good. Tashlich, right? Tashlich is to, is to cast away, right? We're not there yet, Rosh Hashanah. Like we're, it'll be there in five, it'll be here in five minutes, apparently, because Pesach is already here. But, um, right? But, but you're right. But Yashlich is like to, to cast away. It's like to get rid of it. So you're saying, so Rona, you're bothered by Yashlich Miyadav. But Miyadav means like a, fi, like it, almost like it was getting cast from his hands. Yashlich, I'm not, I'm not as polished in my grammar right now. Um, but Vayashlech with the, the Yud is still who... Who Shalach. Still, yeah, he passed it from his hands. And then same with the second phrase, he broke them. Oh, yes. Shattered them. They, it Sha- like, smashed, by the way. Vayishaber is that he so smashed. He smashed them. It wasn't like um, Hitpael, they were smashed. Like it, it's an active yes. word. And at the same time, I don't believe that Moshe Rabbeinu, especially if he knew what he was going down to, because he had davened for them, I don't believe that he just lost control, you know, dropped them, was afraid he was, they were going to smash his feet, and like, he threw them away. That just, that doesn't work for me. He's, <laughs> well, lucky he's, for you, we have a lot of other pshatim. But, okay, good. But it, no, it does work in the, it does work in the, in like the, if you're just reading the simple, the simple explanation of the text, it, 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 I think it goes, but I hear what you're saying. It's not a, it doesn't make you feel good, like, oh, the whole thing was a mistake. And it doesn't fit with the measures we're going to see later. Uh, 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 another thing that Rashi says and later on, which we're going to see. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, but that's Rashbam. Yeah. Even if they were falling, Hashem is not going to let them break his toes. I, it just, it doesn't... Uh... Yeah, it okay. doesn't sit well. Rashbam is always living like, in the, the natural if world. Cast, if it was cast away, I kind of take it as like, I don't know, not really, but like they flew away, they were gone, but he was like, no, no, it's not enough for them to just be gone, and then he went to break them. Ah, we're going to see, you're going to see just that shot in one second. Yeah, yeah look, look, take a, take a look. Valu Ramban, look at Ramban. Um, he's not going to say exactly this shot, but he, someone else is going to say in a second. Interestingly, the Ramban who talks about this is the Ramban actually on the on Pasuk Tazayin, where it says that the, that the luchos are made, were made by Hashem, and the, the Ramban says as follows: Hayah ruui she yaskir hakasuf kol maisel luchos of Pasuk vayitin al Moshe. 
Right? They could have told us the whole story back in Paraklam and Aleph when Hashem actually hands into Luchos. Kasher Amar Suvin where it says there also. They were written by the, by the finger of Hashem. Why does it tell me now they're my Salakimema? That's going to drive home just how crazy this is and what he's about to do, right? That he decides to smash them. The Torah points out, by the way, right? Um, Moshe didn't hold back. It didn't matter that they were Maselokim, he still did it. He was so upset by what he saw. He couldn't hold back. Also, a little bit strange. Like, he almost couldn't control himself, which is not, that's not, that's not what we want. That's not what we usually say, right, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a positive thing from Moshe, that he couldn't control himself, and that's why he did this. Right, usually we want him, him to have total self-control the whole time. Right. Wild. Chazal say in Shmos Rabbah that the letters of the Luchos actually started to fly away when Moshe walked down the mountain. You like that one, Liz, right? Wild. Yes. Right? Wild. As he's, and by the way, it's also very insane because of what it means, what it, it would seem to mean is that the hole started to close up because it was chorus, right? They, they, were, they, were, they were engraved. There's nothing written on the luchos. So the letters are, are flying up in the air. What it means is that the letters are literally, I mean, I don't know, but it, it would seem to mean that the, that the luchos start to close up and the letters are flying in the air. And Moshe sees that. He sees it's gone. Right? It's gone. This is what you were saying, right? He sees it like flying away. The luchos are going to be finished anyways. Right? Okay, so that's... But the Ramban says he was just so angry that he couldn't hold himself back and he had to smash them. But he doesn't explain why exactly. Right? What exactly was... Just out of anger, he smashed the luchos. They're, they're, too, they're too... Too important just to smash out of anger. They're not a glass or a plate. Or a, right? This is the luchos. Fine, but we're going to see more. So let's see more. Rashi, source number four. By Ashleich Miyadav gets a little more, a little more spiritual. Amar Ma Pesach Shehi Achas Mina Mitzvos Amr Torah Kol Ben Necha Lo Yochavo. When it came to the Korban Pesach, which they had brought only a few months ago, what was the halacha? Any person who was not Jewish, any person didn't have a bris, man, man didn't have a bris mila, any any man or woman that wasn't Jewish could not eat the Korban Pesach. Okay. HaTorah Kula Kilakan. Sorry. So HaTorah Kula, right? But, 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 so if that was true, right, it became just a Karim Pesach, so the whole Torah for sure. V'Kol Yisrael Meshumadim. Vesnenelehem. All of Am Yisrael now have become idol worshippers. And the Jewish people have become idol worshippers, either because they were themselves involved in the Chet Ego or because they didn't stop them. So if that's true, then Am Yisrael now Meshumad, meaning they've now become like there's halacha that a person who is who's a mumla vodazara they they that they you know are involved constantly in the vodazara it's either like they don't have kedusha yisrael we don't really we don't assume that we assume in general yisrael shachata afbi shachata yisrahu person can sin a thousand a million times it doesn't matter they retain their kedusha they remain their status of a Jew but in certain halachic areas a person who's a mumar who they keep they do terrible averos all the time. 
that they, in certain sense, can 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 lose their status to, in, for certain for certain halachos. So, so Rashi basically says that what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying is that sort of what what somebody said this before that they don't they don't deserve it anymore, right? You, I think Liz, maybe you said this, right? That they Moshe says this doesn't make any sense for you anymore. I got it. I, I came down with this from from Baruch Hu. I spent forty days there for you, but now it's a joke because you don't deserve this. And it's at that point that he smashes them because he realizes that they simply don't, it's, it's not, they're not right for it anymore. It's not possible for them. It's not something they can possibly have. Okay. But there's more. But there's more. The Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra. And the Ibn Ezra takes it even a little further. And he, and the Sforno says some, something else also, but these two are, are very, very, very powerful. Ibn Ezra writes, V'yaras ha'ego sevivo. Right? He saw that they weren't just um, worshipping the eagle, but they were, right, they had their song and dance, it was like, really like, you know, like Simcha's Torah, right, at, at the Chet Egal, like the tremendous joy in Simcha. Right? Some say, this Pshat, that he saw the, the letters flying up, this is what the Medjur says, and that's why he broke them. This is the first time we see someone say this. So some say that Kadosh Baruch Hu actually told him to. That we don't see that as part of the conversation. But, and, and why would you say that? That Hashem commanded him to do this? Maybe Hashem should have held on to them and not sent him down with the Luchos. Okay. I mean, Kadosh Baruch Hu would want to hold on to them. Okay. And, and, and what, what would drive the Mepharshim to say that, if Mo, that, that, that God commanded this? Because it just seems like such an crazy thing to do without <laughs> command to do it. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how could he do this on his own? Like what kind of, how could it be that Moshe chose this on his own? It's just impossible. So it makes a lot of well, sense. So if we know that he gets in trouble for the hitting the rock instead of talking to the rock with the water. And what was the real Avera when he hit the rock? No. According to many Rishonim, the main, the main Avera wasn't the hitting the rock. It was that, that he got angry. And Moshe got angry there, and he lost his cool. Many of the Rishonim say that. That the Rambam says it for sure. That, that um, so I think the Rambam says it, but many Rishonim say this. That what, really, what, what, was, what really made Hashem so upset about what happened at the, at, the, at the rock was that Moshe got angry. Not that he hit the rock, but he, he hit the rock out of anger. Right? It's like the Rambam who says that when you, I'm sure we all practice this in our homes, that when a person gets angry, so they should never actually, if you show anger, it should be fake. Right, real anger should always be, you should like, right? And if you're going to like, if you have to yell, like at your kids or at whatever, it should always be fake anger that you, when you yell, right? But, the, but real anger, we should never show real anger. Like it's like, it should never be. So, um, so the idea that he did this just because he got really angry and decided to do it, that, that would not fit. Moshe was not, was not punished for this. And we're going to see later, he actually gets praised for it later. And this is clearly something Hashem was, was happy with. So one very easy out is to say, God, called, God told him to. There's only one really big problem with that. What's that? What's the problem with saying that God commanded him to do this? We didn't see him. We don't know that he did. Yeah, yeah there's no recording of that conversation. So there's a whole long conversation up at the mountain. And the only thing we missed was that God said, oh, by the way, when you get down there, smash the luchos. Like that's kind of an important part of the conversation not to be recorded there. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair answer, but a little bit hard because 
you know, you would think that we might have that, that information might be helpful for us. I kind of feel like based on what you're saying, it's like the same way Hashem like hardened Pyro's heart. It's like he kind of infused himself within Moshe. Like it was Hashem's anger, not Moshe's anger. So he just kind of like went through Moshe, his own feelings on the matter. But meaning that he took over Moshe's body and he made Moshe do it? Yeah. That gets a little crazier, right? It's not as crazy as you think, because some, some say that's the pshat, and actually all say for Devarim was like Hashem, you know, that Hashem, like, that Mo, sorry, that some say that, that, that say for Devarim is that Moshe spoke on his own, but that the rest of the Torah, Hashem sort of like spoke through Moshe. So it's not so, that's actually not as crazy as it sounds. But, um, but yeah, you could say that. I don't, I haven't seen any Rishonim who say that, but it's, you know, you, you could say such a thing. Um, okay, but look at the Ibn Ezra. He continues, it's about Karo Ve'lai. What makes more sense to me? He was he was mikana for Hashem, right? He was he 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 was like you know jealous on Hashem's behalf, and because of that, right, and because of that, he uh, he smashed him. Which is sort of a little, a little bit what you're saying that it was it was Moshe's not angry for himself. He's angry for Hashem. It's a little different. We're not doing the in Moshe's body part, but the but the like he's angry for God. Right, the luchos are like a, are like a, um, they're this contract, right? There's a contract, and that, right? That's what that's right. Tomorrow text texting me something like that. Like maybe, maybe that's the, the pshat here. That that there's a contract between the Jewish people and Hashem, and that's the luchos represent. They're the bris, right? The luchos. What are they called? Luchos Haidos, right? They are the testimony. Yeah. But it's like, because there was no contract, he destroyed the contract, he actually protected us from breaking the contract. Oh. This would have been a really bad thing. Okay, so, so, that, so that's very interesting. That, I don't think that's what the Ibn Ezra says. The Ibn Ezra is saying that there was a contract, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think what he means, the way I was reading the Ibn Ezra is that there is a contract, and the contract is this, this, uh, these Luchos, and we broke it. And since we broke the contract, he smashes them. But there are some who say, exactly what you said, Tamara, that they say that they say that Moshe was nervous we would get punished if we were had to accept the Torah in that way. So he smashed it now because we simply, if we would get involved in this, it'd be a disaster. Better, better to tear it up now before anyone signs because otherwise this is, gonna be, this, this is not going to work. Like it was almost final. but it was Almost final and he smashes it before... Before, you know, they, they show up for the, for the closing and, and, and like he rips it up sitting at the table. Exactly. Very good. Excellent. 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 So again, and I think the reason there's so many, so many pshatim here is because like, but first of all, they can sort of all be true. I guess you can't have it that he was, got weak and then smashed them on purpose. That's a little hard. But most of these are not mutually exclusive. Right? You could have the, the breaking of the contract you could also have, he saw the, the letter started to fly up in the air. You could also have him being kine le Hashem, that he just feels like the, such a chutzpah what they did, and he, and he smashed them for that reason. So there, there's multiple layers here that could all work. But there's a really, really nice idea here in the Meshachachma, and, and uh, Lior, you're sort of alluding to this similar idea also. And the Meshachachma says it's a much broader lesson that Moshe was teaching the people here. Um, and by the way, I think it's important to remember that Moshe didn't have to think at a split second necessarily. 
Right? Moshe, Moshe is told when he's up on the mountain that this is going on. He davens on their behalf. Like he has some time to get himself ready. I think I always thought about this. I think when I was a kid that like it was like this split second response that Moshe smashes the luchos. And it could be that it was. If you say he was just like overwhelmed, then fine. But he doesn't have to be that way. It could be that he was planning this. He thought about it for a few minutes. He sat up on the mountain and kind of figured out what he was going to do. And then he heads down and, and you know, executes his plan. But anyways, this is what Masha Chachma wants to say. He says as follows. Right? Uh, that's, just the, that's just the heading. Fine. So what is going on here? Second, second line there. What's the idea? The Torah and our belief in Hashem are the foundation of the Jewish nation. Anything that's considered Kadosh, holy, Eretz Yisrael, Yushalayim, etc. These are just details within the Torah itself. And what are they, why are they holy? They're holy because the Torah says they are. And if that's true, meaning that anything that's holy is only holy because the Torah says that it's holy. Okay? It doesn't matter what space or place or time something's in, it doesn't matter. Right? The rules all apply in Eretz The Ramban seems to say something about mitzvot done in the Chutzarets are like only like a, like a practice for getting to Eretz Yisrael. But most of us, most of us assume that all mitzvot, could do, all these things, they, they apply equally, except, except of course with the mitzvot that, that only apply in Eretz Yisrael. Right? The mitzvot and Kedusha and all this stuff applies to Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the highest. And to the lowest, smallest, regular, normal people. It's all the same. Moshe is just a, a messenger. He's just a, you know, a way of, get, of, of sending these messages to the nation. But the Torah, even though we call it Torah's Moshe, right? and we call it the five books of Moses, they're not Moshe Benus. They don't belong to him. Right? It's the Torah that makes everything come into life, right? That which exists in the world exists because the Kaddish Baruch Hu does, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he's going to say, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem and His Torah are one, they're one, they're, they're one and the same. There's like God is what makes existence exist. The Torah as well. My, I think I've probably, I think we've probably mentioned this this concept before. My Rabbi Rachwitzky always says it this way: that God is like the, um, he's like the um, the generator of the world. Right? The whole world only exists through His existence. If a generator shuts off, if an electric generator shuts off, all electricity comes off, and the whole everything shuts down. Right. So that so the way Rabbi Rachwitzky always says is that is that God is the generator. We exist through His existence because He exists. That's why existence exists, if that makes sense. And only, only through him, and, that, and, and therefore through the Torah, because the Kodesh Baruch and the Torah did, did the same thing. And it only depends on him only. Okay, so if that's true, someone who's not so thoughtful, it's hard to appreciate Hashem. You can't see Hashem. You can't touch Hashem. You can't right, come close to God. It's a very hard thing 
to appreciate Kadosh Baruch Hu when you can't be masig. There's, nothing, there's no way to, to hold on to him in any way, right? V'lachein chisru lahem misilos lasos tsuros v'dim yonos okivunim lamarechas hashemayim. That's why. What do human beings do? They make all kinds of images and idols and things. Why? Because we need something to hold on to as human beings. We need that, right? That's what we do. That's what we do. This is the way to get to Hashem, right? This is the way to, to, to get around to Hashem, right? If that's true, so then we should you know, sacrifice to that person, to that thing, or whatever. This is what the Rambam talks about, how we came to, how, how human beings came to Avodah right? They first said, look, there's stars and moon, the stars and the moon and the sun, and they all, they serve Hashem, so let's serve them, and then by doing that, we're serving Hashem, which eventually got them to forget about HaKadosh Baruch right? But the point is, there is nothing else but Hashem. No item, no person, no thing. And look where it's bolded and underlined. Vadzet savach Moshe kekruchia. That's what Moshe was screaming at the top of his lungs. He didn't scream it, but he smashed the luchos to scream this message. Hayim tedamu ani inyan. Do I have any kedush in me? Who, who, who am I? I'm a nobody. Right? Because I go away? Well, now I'm not here and now you need an eagle? Like, what, what do you th- who do you think I am? What, what kind of, like, bizarre things are you thinking about? Who, I'm a human being. I'm just a human being like you. The Torah doesn't depend on me. And if, and if Moshe Rabbeinu would have never existed, there'd be a Torah too, he says. Nothing to talk about. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. But what was their mistake? Their mistake was that they gave Kedusha, in a certain sense, to Moshe Rabbeinu. They gave this some type of validity to some, something coming between them and Makadosh Baruch Hu. And that was a huge mistake. So they come down, right? So Moshe comes down, and what does he see? He realizes what they've done, right? That they've created an ego. Why? Because Moshe hasn't been there. And so they think he needs someone in place of him. So good. So what's he going to do? Smash the, smash the ego. And what are they going to do next? They'll start, worship, they'll start worshiping the luchos. Right? That's exactly what, they're just going to slide the luchos right into place instead of the ego. And that's why he says, I have to smash the luchos. Because if I keep the luchos, I'm just being machazic. I'm strengthening this foreign notion that there's anything that can come between you and Hashem. That there's anything that you need to take you on the way to Kadosh Baruch Hu other than you and yourself. Look where it's underlined. If you keep the Torah, the Torah is Kadosh. If not, then what, then what good are they? And if you decide you're going to abandon HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then the luchos are worthless. They have no purpose. And so what does he do? He smashes them. For exactly that reason. Which I think is, you know, it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful lesson. There. And according to that, Moshe's, Moshe's action there is not a, you know, he got weak, he got nervous, he got upset, he got so furious, you know, uh, Hashem commanded him. None of those. But rather, Moshe himself recognizing that if he doesn't do this, then this problem will, be, will remain endemic and it's never going to go away. And so he, sm- he does something so shocking 
and so astounding, something that no one would ever believe. He could have the he, he could have the he could have the audacity to to do right, and that's exactly the point. It's so crazy. It's so out of this world that that someone would do such a thing, and that's exactly the point. And he says, "See, the thing that you think is the most kedusha in the world, I don't care. I'll smash those two. So if you're going to worship them, then they might as well be smashed." Just such. You know, such an incredible message, such incredible leadership. It's the best Muslim schmooz in the world without saying a word, right? It's like really uh, remarkable. It's a remarkable, remarkable thing. And that's what the end, at the way, way, way end of the Torah, right? The last passage in the Torah says that Moshe, Moshe did call Yisrael. The very last Rashi quotes a Medrash which says, what was the thing that Moshe did in front of all Yisrael that was the most important action that he took? That he decided to smash the That he decided that on his own. And what does Hashem say? This is the last words in the, in the Rashi in the Torah. Great job, Moshe, God says. That was amazing. That was the best thing he could have possibly done was to smash those luchos. That no one should ever think, no one should ever think that there's any way to get close to me other than the way I tell them to. There's no other way to get close to me than you yourself coming close. No item, no thing, no, no place, no object. I don't care what it is. There's no place to go. To this, he even points out here, I didn't, we didn't read the whole thing inside, but he even says, he says, that's why Titus could go into, the, you know, when he comes to destroy the Beis Hamidash, he goes into the Kodesh Kadashim, into the holiest place. What happens to Titus? Nothing happens to Titus. Why not? Because again, the place wasn't holy. It's only holy if a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives it that Kedusha. It's only, it, it, in and of itself, there's no place. Not even the Kodesh Kadashim. Right? Unless Kodesh Baruch Hu gives it that Kedusha. And so if we can't handle that, so then Moshe says, forget it, let's get rid of it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one last pshat, though, that I think is really, really beautiful. It's, it's very different than all these pshatim, which I think is, it's not, it doesn't tell you why, per se, um, but it's so, so nice, is that this, this, um, I went to Rabbi Fran to explain this last piece, that last uh, Rashi that I, that I just said before, that Hashem says, Moshe, you know, Yashkoch Shabbat, that's a great job that you destroyed the Luchos. Like what, why, why is that the thing that's, that speaks of who Moshe is? So it's a Gemara and Babakama that tells a story about someone's name is Shimon Hamasuni. Uh, and Shimon Hamasuni, what made him famous was that he made a jirasha for every time the word et, es, Aleph Tuf, appears in the Torah. The word Aleph Tuf, if you're in Hebrew class, what did I tell you? It doesn't mean anything. There's no translation for the word. It's, it's not really extra, but it's like a grammatical word. But it doesn't have a translation, right? So he made a drasha. Every time the word says S, you know, in the Torah, I'll tell you what it comes to, to include. So, um, and he, and he was trying and trying and trying and trying. And eventually he came to the phrase, Es Hashem lokech atira. You should fear Hashem. And he came to that phrase and he couldn't figure out a drasha for the word S. And when he got there, what does he say? He stops. And everyone's like, how could you stop? Like, you've made like a million drushes already. Like, how could you just... He said, the whole thing's wrong. It's not true. The, ed, the word S doesn't have a drusha. There's nothing to talk about. And so everyone said, how, how could you do that? And he said, Kashem kibati al, al hadrisha, kabati, kibati al, al ha Just like I got schar for trying, I also get schar for knowing that I was wrong and pulling back. 
If it's not true, it's not true. I don't care how many times, how many dresses I tried to make. If it's not true, then it's not true. And then I have to stop. I started this whole project and I realized that's not correct. I'm going to stop it. Until finally, it left and it stayed that way. And so Rabbi Akiva came. And Rabbi Akiva said, No, I have a drasha. It comes to teach you, you shouldn't only, only revere Hashem, you should also revere Tamir Chachamim. Which is very beautiful, obviously, because who is it referring to? It's someone like Shiva Sunni who has such a meat of MS in them, right? That, they, that, they, that, that, that if they realize that something's wrong, they'll let it go. They're not going to fudge it and try to make it fit. They're going to say, look, I don't think it's, it's not the MS. I'm not going to say it. So I, one time Rabbi, Rabbi Fran said a beautiful Pshat in this Gemara, and he said, he says, this is Pshat in Moshe Rabbeinu. He said, Moshe Rabbeinu spent his whole, <laughs> gave his whole life to Am Yisrael. He goes up in the mountain, he stays there for 40 days and 40 nights. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink, he stays up the whole time. He's killing himself for the luchos. And he's finally finished. And he comes to bring them down the mountain. And what happens? The people are not worthy of these luchos. Or he has to teach them a lesson. Whatever, whatever shot we've said all, all until now, right? Any one of these, or Hashem told him to. Whatever it was, that this is not going to work. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, look what I just did for all that. Look how hard I worked. Look how much time I spent. Look how much sacrifice I did. And, and he realizes, but the only way out of this, or the, the right thing to do at this moment, is to start from scratch all over again. And what does he do? He smashes them. If I realize that I'm supposed to, if this is the right thing to do, this is the truth at all costs. If it's the truth, it's the truth. If this is what needs to happen, this is what needs to happen. And that's why, I said to my friend, that's why this becomes the, the legacy. What would we say about Moshe? Moshe emes with Tarasso emes. Moshe is the Ish emes. Moshe was truth above everything else. So if it's not true, if it's not, if they're not, if it's not the right thing for them now, I don't care how hard I worked. It doesn't matter. In the end of the day, I have to, know, I have to stay true to who I am. And he smashes the luchos then, and that becomes his legacy. Right, that, that bold move at that, at that moment becomes the legacy of Moshe Rabbeinu, who himself was you know, uh, personified by that midah of MS. So I just think it's a, it, it, it kind of like takes, takes everything that we just said and kind of brings it all together. That whatever, whatever the pshat was, that Moshe Rabbeinu re- recognized the need to do so wasn't just bold in the sense that I can't believe he's destroying you know, Masel Kim, but it's bold because it also takes you know, a lot of anivas to say, I worked so hard for all this and I'm going to let it go. Because it's the right thing to do for the people. And he's right, obviously. And at the end of the day, he didn't lose anything because of it. He gained so much more because of, you know, his legacy for the, for, forever. But, um, but that gives us at least, some, there's, there's more to say about why he smashed the luchos. But this gives us a little bit of, a, of an inside look. And uh, we should never smash luchos again. But it's a, it's a lesson. It's an important lesson. There is no, there's, there is no Kedusha without us. The Kedusha is what we, where, where we find Kedusha. The Kedusha is where we are willing to bring Kedusha, and no one else needs to stand in our way of uh, Asin Rebbe All right. Awesome. I think it's also a really good lesson.